Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Delightful, delicious, delovely. It's Homo sapiens ready for you to digest and divulge, listeners. Time for this week's episode of Homo Sapiens. Are you as pumped as I am? Oh, as I turned my shoulder in a sort of sassy way there, I pulled my back. If there was any other sign of ageing, could there be such a thing? Now, very exciting episode this week because pop star Rina Sawayama is coming on the show. It's coming on the show. She's been on the show. We're here. It's happening. She is amazing. Her music is brilliant i'm sure you've all heard it lucid dreams her song is fantastic and she i don't know what rena would say about this because i didn't actually say it to an interview but i find her music a little gaga-esque i think it's pop bangers they feel queer they feel exciting i just think she's a genius and she's got new music it's all very exciting she came for a chat we had a lovely time we had a big old chat about all the sort of self-help books we both clearly adore to actually really fascinating stuff around being pansexual and what that means and things that she is herself wrestling with about being pansexual and representing as a pansexual person as a queer person really really interesting actually and she is from a whole gang of like incredibly super clever people who went to Cambridge and are queer and are all doing amazing things very lovely chat but that's coming up in just a moment but have you listened to our episode with the UK Black Pride a diary of by Otamre. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your Black Pride was like if you were there. We love hearing from you, so let us know. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com or get in touch with us on Instagram. It's at homosapiens. Um, I've got such exciting news for next week's episode, by the way. Billy Porter is coming on the show. Make sure you tune in. It'll be next Thursday. As you know, I like all other 204 to 173 episodes. They come out on a Thursday. Actually, did the Homo sapiens used to come out on a Tuesday at the very beginning? That rings a bell. Maybe someone could write in and tell me who knows better than I. I could just scroll through Apple Podcasts. It has gone so dark in here. Clouds forming overhead, you see. It's gone pitch black. I'm just talking to you in the dark now, everybody. How do I turn on this light? Make sure you listen to Billy next week. Here is a wonderful interview with Rina Sawayama. She is a delight. Hi, Rina. Hi, how are you? Good. That was very like late 90s MTV presenter, the way I said that. And on the phone, we have <laughs> that kind of vibe. Yes. I did 18 interviews yesterday, which mm. left me feeling like I was the 
smartest person in the world and also like the stupidest person in the, in the world like, I, I, I couldn't like string a sentence together but I felt like I could talk forever because it's really interesting because we can very much tailor the media we consume mm-hmm. you can actually tailor most of your life to hear things from people who understand you but then when you go out on into the promo world I imagine you sort of do a real spectrum of like people who absolutely understand uh subversive queer pop bangers and then other people as you enter bigger and bigger spheres do you get the strangest questions in the world like so what's queer or does that not really happen in 2022 um I definitely yes there's a range of questions and also interviewers there's people who clearly have no idea who I am and they've just read my name looked at my Instagram which is fine like people are busy like I get it like that happens most people are you know come with great questions but yeah it's it's funny I can pretty much tell who is if a journalist is straight from the questions that they ask and then Mm. the the queer interviewers are interested in different things like you know not just queerness but kind of lots of different lots of queer references and I think that's that's interesting but you know I get to chat to like lots of different people I chatted to people from like Mexico yesterday and Japan so it's like it's amazing that you know I'm able to speak worldwide but yeah it is a big big variation um your music that starts from little notes in your iPhone is connecting with people all over yeah does that ever feel normal no I don't think it should feel normal Hmm. it's really really weird I still get freaked out if anyone's listened to my music. <laughs> I have really, really hardcore imposter syndrome, I think, still, which I mm. think a little bit of it is okay. I don't really want to be swallowed so whole by fame that I think that any of this is normal. Mm. Not, not, I mean, not me talking about fame five minutes in. <laughs> like, I know it. I don't. But, you know, I always want to have perspective. But it's mm. weird. It's a, it's a wonderful weird. I... I, I I'm amazed by it. I'm constantly in awe that it makes my head spin quite a lot. I'm, I often spend my days feeling confused as to why people are listening to my music yes. and why people are excited about my album and why mm. people even know I exist. It's weird. It is weird, I, especially because the album came out during lockdown where I felt very invisible, you know, like I wasn't going out and no one was going out. Because <laughs> I always feel like when thinking about success, for example... Madonna is always still a touch point, right? When it comes to pop, I don't know Madonna, so I'm not highly qualified to say this. But there doesn't seem to be any of that imposter syndrome. It seems to be absolute self belief, and I always think, God, but I don't have that, so maybe I'm not up to scratch. But do you think it's kind of like we're learning that you don't have to be like that? You can just be your version. I yeah, one hundred percent agree. I think to me it really scares me the idea of losing touch with reality. Like mm. it really, really scares me and consider yourself the 1% or the 0.001% mm. is not human. And I think that a lot of things go wrong when people believe that about themselves. And I would rather feel bad anxiety and feel <laughs> imposter syndrome than be flying in the skies and think I'm a god you know I think that's that's scary and I don't know I feel like I can still do my job without feeling that way but then as a pop star as well it's like uh I wonder what you think but I think 
part of so I one of the things I started out doing in my life was I directed pop music videos yes pop, I can't remember you said did pop like music the, videos. no but you did like Lily Allen did you do yeah. Lily Allen who else did yes. you do some really iconic music videos I did um lots of like uh, Will Young and Robbie Williams and oh Lana Del Rey and all that stuff yes that's so crazy and also I mean I didn't know until I started doing music videos that a lot of directors or film directors on TV yeah. like you know like yourself like you you start out doing music yeah, videos, and it's yeah. such a great way to start um doing that and yeah current yeah I mean currently I'm working with a music video director um Ali Kerr I've worked with her for many years and she's yeah. kind of you know doing features and and stuff so yeah I didn't I, I don't know why but I didn't connect those two I didn't think that that would be the, the how you start but sorry I just interrupted you no not at all I mean it's it's a funny one because yeah that is how you start but what 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 my job in that world was and I and I wonder what your from the pop star side of it is like you're while you're not meant to be that also to people at home you are that you are mm. the magic superstar who doesn't the, the rules don't apply to you're this fictional being who represents freedom self-expression you know self-love that none of us can find in our everyday lives that's what I've always looked to pop stars for that you can mm-hmm. be who you want to be and, and and many other things you know what I mean but mm-hmm. uh what wasn't Madonna that you know like it was yeah like... well I feel like now though pop stars who were very part of the very shiny marketing campaign when we were growing up are now being exposed for actually going through awful things in the Mm. background. I mean, like you think about Britney and like, Mm. you know, you think about like you actually even looking back on some TV interviews that she did or the pop stars did and how horrible they were and how that wouldn't fly now. And on the other hand, you have pop stars like Billie Eilish, who is mm-hmm. so raw, so herself, and is breaking records for headlining Coachella and Glastonbury as the youngest artist. And uh, but you know her music is actually so alternative as well. It's like not mainstream pop, even though I mean it's pop because it's popular. But yeah. I, I wouldn't say that it's you know like kind of follows certain structures that pop do so Mm. it's nice to have grown up in an age where you were confronted with perfect people and perfect versions of everything and then now because of social media you're seeing that perfection is not real you know and I think it's 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 nice a social media that's one of the things that I think social media has done even though you know there are apps like we see Instagram and stuff that only present the real you but Mm. on the whole I think people's understanding of pop stars has definitely changed I do still think that there are pop stars who still ascribe to that kind of 90s and 2000s model of looking perfect and being perfect and not showing any vulnerability but I think that there's enough other people who are yeah it's a funny one isn't it particularly with pop and like you say the where we've got to with pop which is like you know, we're all like, how did we not notice the Britney situation happening right under our nose? And I'm relating that to queerness. Like, okay, this is a classic example of me overthinking, but it's something that's on my mind a lot. Like, I'm 40 now, right? And like, I came out when I was 19. So it's 21 years ago. And I definitely came out in the era of making sure as I sidestepped out the closet, I made sure I was a palatable version. Mm. And, and And I was like, oh, you know... So I never went full queer explosion. Like I just didn't. And I kind of go, ah, and I, you know, I go to like a club night, like feel it now. And I'm like, I wonder if I would have been one of those kids. Like, I wonder if, because I just, I was too fucking apologetic, basically. Mm -hmm. I made sure I was like, 
but maybe maybe I am just a vanilla person. Don't know. But I think that like I imagine that that's all that just goes on in my head. But for you with a fan base and all of that, like do you feel like you kind of have to represent the zenith of queerness for each and every one of your fans who represents a different part of queerness and all of that? Because yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And I feel a little bit of that as well because I, I came out there wasn't a big coming out moment for me. It was like I started to tell several people and then it kind of, you know, it was in my early 20s after university or like the last year of university. Mm. And really after that, I didn't go out much, but it was mm. like, you know, wait, like when I was 16 and stuff, I, I got it out of my system. But now I feel like, oh, all these gay nights, like I never go to them and like sh- mm. I should and like, you know, it would be so fun, but I know it's not me anymore. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone knows, like, but I just don't go out really. I don't really party. I'm sorry to break Do the you illusion. Go to, you go to bed at 9.30, don't you? Yeah, I try, but I, I, it's usually about 11. And if it's 11, then I'm very happy. Then I get to wake up at six and do my like morning rituals. But I Love definitely it. think that, you know, also... It's, it is nice to be living in a time where you can be slightly less apologetic, especially because there's more representation in the media. I don't, mm. I also don't want to trick ourselves into thinking that, you know, I mean, there's just been a Florida bill that's just passed where you can't say gay in schools. And it's just, there, there are parts of the Western world that is awfully homophobic still. But, mm. and also in this country, we have a transphobia problem, but that's a whole other topic. Mm, mm. But yeah, I, do, I feel, I feel definitely, you know, identifying as pansexual. Um, I feel like I have to represent pansexuality in the right way to the extent that, you know, I, if I have a partner and it's a heterosexual relationship, then I feel like I don't want to tell anyone I don't want to publicize it I'm scared that people will think I'm less than and that is my internalized biphobia going on and that's been you know that's a decades-long thing that I I need to untangle for myself but Mm. it's this weird thing where I'm perpetuating biphobia by not being authentic to myself my sexuality Mm. by hiding the bits where yeah I might be going out with a guy or you know it's it's a weird one. It's definitely something that I'm trying to navigate. And it's weird that I'm thinking about it. I'm 31 and I'm like, what will people think about me if I go out with a guy? And so yeah. it's, I, I really fiercely defend and hide my private life because of that. And this is probably the most honest I've been about it, to be honest, because it's mm. I find it very hard to, yeah, uh, to, to be this representation that I feel like people... It's, it's like a fucking it's like a double-edged sword I'm, I'm like yeah I mean if you yes. just say you are then it's fine if you say if you're honest it's fine it's, you know it's just it is who you are but I, it's mm. like I don't know if I can explain it and if I if I have the energy to explain things to people ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So often on this podcast, a lot of people have written in and said, I am a bi person in a straight relationship and I'm really lonely because I'm not just a straight person. Mm -hmm. But obviously my day-to-day interaction is I'm going out with a straight person and possibly as a result, they've got lots more straight friends. And so I don't have my queer community and I feel guilty about contacting the queer community because they don't think I'm real. Mm. And I wonder if there's a kind of... um, I don't know, it's almost like perception versus what the reality would be, because I don't think many of the queer community realise they're doing that to buy that that person I'm describing in there. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say bi people, because biphobia exists. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. Um, quick, <laughs> picks way through minefield. <laughs> but it's just exposure, isn't it? You're just not around it. And I don't know, I'm sort of sitting there going like, how would I contact the bisexual person? Mm. You know, how would I find that person? Because you just don't, you don't cross paths with them. Mm. Joe Lysett came on this podcast and said, because Joe Lysett is pansexual. Joe was saying like, you know, I I get a lot of people saying you're not representing my version of pansexual. And it's really tricky because, to be honest, all we need is more people representing it. And then it will truly be representation of pansexual, i.e. whatever you fucking want it to be. Yeah, Uh, that's the that's the. The duality of pansexuality is that it's meant to be kind of borderless, definitionless, genderless love. But then I think people really want to define it in the way that they know it. And Mm -hmm. so when I've said, oh, this is how I identify and this is this is how I feel in my sexuality, people are like, well, that's not pansexuality. That's Mm -hmm. not true. Like, and sometimes I'll say bisexual because sometimes I'm in situations where I don't feel like people understand what pansexuality is. Like if I'm in a foreign country or something, I'm not, you know, like I don't, mm-hmm. I want, you know, I want to take it step by step and be realistic. Like, I, although I am very out and proud pansexual, but sometimes, you know, if it's a Japanese audience, like I might say bisexual, just so it's a little bit more understandable mm. um, as a gateway to, you know, understanding what pansexuality means. So yeah, it, it it's weird and this biphobia like when is it going to ever disappear I I definitely see it in the gay community as well and it's just what's fascinating to me is I have a amazing queer chosen family and even within that chosen family there was so much bi erasure going on there's several of us who are bi women Mm -hmm. uh, who are bi and we were we were just like um like there'd be some conversations that was just like Oh, and then she was like getting with the girl, but then she's actually into men. And I was like, what if she's bisexual, guys? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. And just stuff like that. But it's about acknowledging it. And actually, over the years, because of this amazing conversation about gender identity and like being non binary, and a couple of my friends have come out as non binary and they now identify as pansexual, and their sexuality has become more fluid because before, say, they identified as a gay man. Mm-hmm. They felt like they couldn't be into women or femmes because that would mean that they're not a gay man anymore. And that box was so rigid and almost a brand that 
they felt that stepping out of that they didn't they would lose their identity but now it's just you know it's amazing the, the language we have to describe people's sexualities and identities yeah it's really interesting that isn't it that you're holding yourself back which is you know that happens for queer people in all different ways but like you're reminding me of there's a thing as well uh someone was telling me who knows more about it than I do but like you know a lot of intersex people mm-hmm. who are you know um say thir- in their 30s who 30 years ago what they were doing with intersex babies when they're born is very different to what they would do now and so they were kind of being assigned genders at birth yes and uh, have then lived the gender they were assigned when we all understand that it's more of a spectrum now but like have held themselves back so uh someone who was intersex who identified as a woman and said that they were attracted to men because they kind of wanted to affirm that like they weren't this weird wishy-washy idea for other people but actually mm. was holding a secret that that they were attracted to women as well mm. but what that person was doing was like but if I say that out loud people are going to say ah you're actually a boy and they got it wrong which is so awful. Uh, you know awful for them to have to deal with that stuff because we just need to understand that it's just it's all a spectrum I need to stop saying that on this podcast because I literally just say it every day but like it's, but it is it true is. it's true <laughs> yeah. and you can be on one end of the spectrum one day and then on the other end of the spectrum one day. And that's something mm. I've definitely realized with bisexuality, pansexuality. There does not need to be any hard and fast rules. Mm. I was talking to someone about this where I was like, I feel bad because like, I feel sexual attraction to women, but I've never been in a long-term relationship with one. So I surely can't be bisexual because it has to be equal, right? It has to be even. Mm. And they were like, no, like, <laughs> You can be sexually attracted to to one gender, whatever. Like it, it really doesn't matter, and that could change across the years. And that's that is the definition. That's, that's sexuality. And then the more we see it as fluid, the more we see it as a spectrum, the easier it becomes for everyone. At the same time, I understand this need for labels. I, I think labels mm. do help to an extent. It helps with identification. It feels it helps with community. Um, but honestly, I feel, I feel like I've been so fortunate because I'm, so, I'm part of this incredible queer chosen family who are just a whole bunch of, you know, basically everyone from the queer spectrum. And mm. so, yeah, I've, I have these conversations with them all the time. But I've, you know, it's funny, I've done it as well because I used to host this podcast with Alan Cumming, who mm-hmm. is yes. bisexual. Yes. And he used to call me out for my, like, flippant biphobia when I'd be like oh you know um so-and-so like people from history you know was married to a woman but actually they were gay and he was like well how do you know they weren't bisexual Mm, and I'd be like oh yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing right like yeah you're bisexual until you're gay like that's the whole rhetoric I wonder what it would be like in 50 years I I God knows. I mean, in communities, I do feel like it's getting better. Whether outside of the community it gets better, I don't know. But I always believe in community and chosen families and um, the ability for people around you, close to you, to heal rather than waiting for governments and lawmakers to Fuck yeah. But can I ask you, uh, you know, you a question about your own personal take on pansexuality is... Mm -hmm. Is there any sense of gender being invisible with anyone? Is there there's something in that? Because I just wondered. Um, I mean, pansexuality to me is that gender is 
or gender identity is not at all a factor that I see. So yeah, maybe it is invisible. I don't want to say, I don't want to erase someone's identity, but it's genuinely something that I don't really care about. And it's like so corny, but I really see their spirit and see their smile or, you know, something about them that really catches me Mm. um, rather than like physical attraction. It's always a vibe for me. It's It's always a vibe. The reason I asked was like, I have always been very like gender alert on that or like going out and pointing out. So like someone's masculinity is always what I found attractive. And the thing that I knew was a problem when I was a kid, I was like, uh, okay, I watched Cocktail and I fancied Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue. And I was like, shit, that's not right. I'm supposed to like Elizabeth Shue. I just liked her hair. Yeah. (laughs) But but the other way, coming towards me, I never understood that people got my gender. And I don't know what that is. Like, I have no other facts to share other than, like, when people would, like, assign me a gender, I was always like, hmm, interesting you did that. Why? Um, and when you're eight, like, and Noah, it doesn't seem like any other kid in the playground's thinking about that. You're like, oh, well, moving on. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go play skipping rope because no one wants to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wondered if it was almost like the flip of pansexuality, that like it's gender is just a bigger thing in some people's minds than others. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if it's really a situation where people who are pansexual, like, are actively looking for you know a specific gender identity within the big umbrella of Mm. you know like the spectrum of gender I don't I don't know I I don't I mean to be honest I don't we never talk about that with between me and my friends it's kind of oh you're attracted to that person cool like it's never like Mm. we never think oh why I don't know it's so but I would say that my friends are very, very open sexually about, you know, as in open as in like they have very open views about it. So mm. nothing is really surprising. And how did you find that group of people? They were all from Cambridge, actually. So, oh, wow. yes, elite university queers. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought hard to come by. So sorry, I'm just going to open a window because I'm yeah. so hot. It's really hot. I thought they were, they'd be hard to come by. That's good that they weren't. Yeah, well, I, I it took me a couple of years to find them, to be honest. I was at a very unknowingly conservative college because I didn't know anyone that went to Cambridge. And being mm. from a state school, you just go, hey, that one doesn't have an entrance exam. Like, oh, that one doesn't have like two <laughs> entrance exams. It has one. So let me just choose that one. The food you know, looked good in the catering hall. Exactly. Like, I'm in. Yeah, that person who said hi to me in the doorway was really nice. And they <laughs> sounded like they went to a state school. They have like an accent like I do and they don't sound like posh or whatever. That's the end of part one. I'm having fun. I know you are too. If you are, you just got to listen to part two. It's over on the feed. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.